0: Ant-Man 3 premieres a revealing new trailer, the Batman 2 gets an official update, and the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Everything you need to know about the universes you love, coming up after the jump.
1: Truth is, I am a Jedi. I'm the Vengeance. And I am...
0: Here we are, episode two of 2023, Matt's away on business, just being a baller in New York City right now. Don't know what he's up to exactly, but you know he's doing good things over there. This is a big episode, though. We've got an Ant-Man 3 trailer to talk about. We've got some Fantastic Four news coverage and rumors surrounding cast members. Had to bring in the big, big guns. Had to bring in someone with thunderous applause. My friend, my buddy, my previous co-host, Thomas Carter Rochester. Thomas, how are you doing today?
1: I am doing well, my friend. It is so good to see you again. Uh, I feel like it's been a whole year since we last spoke in general, much less together, like just two peas on a podcast, right? That's right. It's been a long long time and i you know i i'm doing well life's good over here in uh northwest florida it's cold as cold as heck for some reason right now but yeah. dude i'm so proud of you like the fact for the directors out there that have been here since day one that have been listening uh if you've never heard the story david and i worked together uh at the college we both went to just we went to it at separate times mm-hmm. and i was a part of the hiring onboard process at the very beginning to get this this Spider-Man-loving, Superman-looking nerd <laughs> onto our squad. And uh, after I graduated and COVID hit, we started Lights, Thunder, Action. And yep. so we used to do this every week. I think we did it for 50-something straight episodes. And then life got in the way. And we went, uh, I got too busy, he got too busy. This dude has like five jobs, right? <laughs> I, I've got five jobs, he's got five jobs. We're and busy the fact people. that he very busy people, that's, why, that's why we like
0: each other i think yeah. we're like kind of you well, know you're, a gemini. A, bit.
1: you're right. a gemini i'm a libra so we're very airy together so we we often <laughs> would have a three-hour podcast for no reason it was the last jedi we always complain about our differences there but yeah we, uh i'm just so proud of you man like when you started here working at the direct just just writing i was like that's my dude he's about to be a world famous journalist and now you're a world famous podcaster that's <laughs> <Let's, laughs> go man i love you buddy i i'm so happy to be here and and fill in for for the captain of of this podcast yes. matt rimke and um uh, he's he's out doing business at the business factory in new york city uh he's doing he's doing stuff i think he's playing with the heisman trophy uh um, maybe for yep. next year yeah
0: yeah maybe um I, just, I i think you just inspired me i should get a shirt for me that says Spider Man loving Superman looking. <laughs> I think that'd be good. Um, but yes, speaking of Matt, so you will hear him later this episode. Our main feature segment of this episode today is the state of Marvel in 2023. That continues, well, more so, it begins the state of series we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. Update on that, just a little housekeeping. Next week, we're not sure. We're either going to do Star Wars or DC. Now, if James Gunn, we are kind of at the will of James Gunn and Peter Sofran, If James Gunn and Sofren, um decide to announce whatever that upcoming DC slate will will be, then we are going to cover the state of DC because that's going to be the biggest news going around that week. If not, in the next week, we will talk about Star Wars. We're going to dive into. The state of Star Wars in 2023 and the lack of movies that will ever come out from that studio. Um, So so anyway, that's kind of the update later this episode, though. Matt will be here. um, He will be joining us for the state of Marvel in 2023 with the machine Richard Nevins. But without any further ado, let's get into all the news from the universes you
1: love. Spider-Man wasn't attacking the city. He was trying to save it. That's slander.
0: It is not. I resent that. Slander is spoken. In print it's libel. Here we go. Here's the big one. Monday night football. Well, it's kind of college football playoff championship game. That was a terrible, terrible game that I turned off and ended up watching this trailer on YouTube because I couldn't watch the game anymore. Um, man, they should have released this at the, in like the first quarter, right? Halftime,
1: baby. Like, they they I'd blew okay it. With halftime.
0: It came out in like the third, fourth quarter. It was insane. I mean, when no one else was watching. Like that was such a fumble. Right. Front by, I think, Disney and ESPN hit the green button. Like yeah. when, when Georgia goes up like three touchdowns, just hit the button. Just just do it. Right. Just hit the send button because this was kind of a disaster in that sense. But anyway, it's out. Right. Honestly, the TV premiere, it gets people maybe to tune into a football game or a basketball game sometimes that maybe wouldn't normally. Right. But <laughs> typically, most people watch these things on their phones, on YouTube, on Twitter. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, trailer number two. We're almost a month away. Um, we are about a month away now from this movie. Now, Thomas, mm-hmm. bring you in today. You are a huge fan of Kang. You're very yeah. excited for his dynasty. What yeah. was your reaction to this trailer?
1: Oh, yeah, we needed more Kang. I think this sh- movie has been named wrong. It says Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, but I would be... Remiss to not call it Kang Quantum Mania. That's what I've been calling it. I keep calling it the Kang movie. I love this trailer. I've seen the internet say this revealed too much. And Mm -hmm. I'm over here, like, you remember like Multiverse of Madness? This is literally like the first half of the first act of this movie, sprinkled in with some big fight scenes from the middle of the movie. And it's not even revealing potential spoiler alert out there kids the other 45 kangs that i personally am expecting to show up mm, um, okay i feel like there's way more hidden here like they, they threw out the candy this is a parade like look at all these things and people are like this movie is all revealed no i very much i would be very surprised if this trailer revealed everything right and dude kang looks so sexy do you see his arm when he stomps ant-man's face that thing is as big as ant-man's face
0: yeah well i mean hey what a couple weeks later he's gonna be boxing michael b jordan in the ring so he's gotten pretty yoked for all these movies he's doing um it's interesting you talk about kang obviously he's the star here i agree with the sense that like especially to me the wasp is the most forgotten thing in this title and the fact that it's Mm. like it's I understand where the second one was called Ant Man and the Wasp, and we're continuing off of that. But based on the marketing so far, Evangeline Lily, like the Wasp, is a very secondary character from what we've seen so far. And that's just based on the marketing. That's what they've given us. Mm-hmm. The two main characters, based on the marketing to me, are Scott Lang and Kang. And that's it, right? With that being said, um, I like what you said about, you know, I initially, my initial reaction, and still kind of a little, is like they revealed too much. In the sense of this, right, there is this bargain, there's going to be this agreement, it seems like, between Kang and Scott, because what Scott's always dealt with, his biggest issue of his entire life is missing time, losing time, literally, because Mm. first off, Ant-Man number one, uh, he's in jail, missed time with his daughter, right? And then the big thing, the, the major thing that happens is he blips away and literally loses all those years with his daughter. And Kang's the one person like that can offer him that. So I like the concept of that. It is surprising to me that they like just pretty much showed us this. But what it does remind me of a little bit, I will say, is Spider-Man No Way Home, where mm. we kind of got a sense in that from those trailers What the twist was, what the turn was, what the conflict was to kind of get to where we need to go, which, hey, Marvel, the MCU is pretty. um, What's the word? They kind of follow the same recipe, I guess, (laughs) like they're kind of methodical in how they do these things and they have the same playbook. So maybe they are kind of taking it out of that. But what you said, I hope becomes true. And I, I believe you're right where. They're showing us stuff from ish in the movie, or at least like not too much from the back half or the, mm-hmm. the last act. Let's say the movie comes in at two hours and five minutes that came out this week as well. Um, So that's going to be the runtime. Nothing too crazy. Right. It's the longest Ant-Man movie, but the Ant-Man movies have been just teetering around two hours so far. Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea here that tells me this is going to be a fast paced movie. Um, that the section of the trailer where we see them get sucked into the quantum realm is fairly early on in the movie. Um, They're not going to wait too long, I think, to get this thing rolling and get into the quantum realm. Because what I find cool and excites me and leads to a lot of other things I want to talk about with you, Thomas, this movie is properly titled with the quantum mania part. Because what it seems to me is this movie, majority or the majority of it, takes place in the quantum realm. Which is pretty cool, right? Um, mm-hmm. So one thing I want to talk to you about before we keep going on here is MODOK, right? So MODOK mm-hmm. is making his MCU re- uh, debut, I should say, his his debut, not return, his debut. Never been in it. Um, it seems like it's Corey Stoll. Like you yeah. could tell because we had like the maskless look, which looks pretty goofy, if, but you can't really avoid the goofiness of it. And this was basically, for everyone out that doesn't know the actor's name, this was Darren Cross slash Yellowjacket in mm-hmm. the first Ant-Man movie. So he's coming back, right? A classic trope, especially like for uh, the MCU, where like the villain from the first one that kind of sort of died comes back in a different form later. Mm-hmm. He's back. He's MODOK. Where's your excitement level for him? And what do you really know about MODOK going into this movie?
1: So... What I know of M.O.D.O.K. is pretty, pretty low. Uh, my knowledge is very low on the scale of um, I know him most for sure. Like the most interaction with him is from the Marvel's Avengers game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's pretty interesting in there. It's it's definitely a different character. It's that one's more comic accurate in terms of the name, the how we kind of got there thing. Right. Um, and I really. Don't, uh, I didn't watch the Modoc show with Patton Oswald. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I mean, I probably will. I have a month to watch one season of stop motion animation, which, if you know me, I'm all in for that. Mm -hmm. The fact it's Corey Stoll coming in, you know, the former Yellow Jacket, and the fact that in Loki episode five, we see a helmet of Yellow Jacket just sitting there in the 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 abyss, the whatever they call the void. I'm not sure the what void, right? I yeah. think it's the void. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, you know, like big head. And then the rumors were coming out that Corey Stoll might be Modoc. Now I'm wondering, did Kang save this version of Darren Cross to make him Modoc? And I'm trying to remember what Modoc is standing for. It's like made only something, something. Or killing, like made only for destruction or killing, I think is like, yeah, it's um
0: mental, mobile, mechanized organism designed only for killing.
1: Yes. That's... So it, it could
0: be any of those. It could be mental, mobile or mechanized organism designed only for killing. So yeah. the F is missing. But yeah. <laughs>
1: and, you know, I, I really love that we saw him when we saw Corey Stoll. But then he has this like mask, the war mask, which is never I've never seen that before. In Mm. any comic iteration or uh, animation iteration, which we know David is a huge animation fan. Don't let him lie to you. Uh, So (laughs) the fact that he's got this really cool war mask really leans into the made only for death or killing. Right. Yeah. Um, And so I'm really intrigued to see how that works out. Now he's going to have a vengeance like you put me here. I really hope he has the dumb voice like that'd be great. You put me here, Scott Lang, and I've only been saved by Kang. Yes, it rhymes. Uh, what about you? Like, what do you know of Modoc? Do you have any relations to him?
0: Yeah, I don't really know too much. He's kind of iconic, I would say, for his look and him yeah. being just villainous. I believe he's normally an adversary to Captain America, I, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. I think his presence here is cool in the sense that it is a once again, another Marvel Studios rendition of a character where they don't do it one for one in the comics, but they take it and make it their own and where it makes sense in the universe. Something that I believe. Kevin Feige Marvel has always done such a great job at is not forcing a narrative or forcing certain character beats or tropes into the cinematic universe if it doesn't work if it doesn't fit right the characters kind of conform to the universe in this which I do think some people like it's kind of a back and forth where I think some fans maybe would prefer more comic accurate things at times but to be honest I think this is the best way of going about it so Modok's cool I think He'll be kind of like a henchman for Kang. That's mm-hmm. what my interpretation is. We'll see though. I I mean, maybe this could set up Modoc for future um projects, fu- you know, a future movie, because Modoc is a big character, he's a popular character. Like I said, mainly because I think he just looks like robotic Humpty Dumpty. Um, so <laughs> it's pretty, he's pretty goofy looking, very spy kids three. The other thing, the big one I want to talk to you about, Thomas, I'm curious your thoughts on this. So there's all these rumors, speculation. I've seen like 15 TikToks, because I'm an avid TikTok swiper in my free time when I can have time for myself and to breathe. Um, is to swipe through TikTok and I get a lot of Marvel, a lot of, you know, sports, cooking, all these things. And a lot of my Marvel TikToks that have been popping up lately have been trying to make connections between the 10 rings. I've been seeing that. I've been seeing it so much. The post credits scene scene excuse me of shang chi um and like the beacon and where it started and how it started and is that somehow kang so we've got the 10 rings we've got the bangle from miss marble and we've got whatever's going on in these trailers with kang and the quantum realm i'm curious do you think there's a connection and if you had your best guess what would it be as to how does it all make sense? How does it all come together? In If you want to just focus on like the 10 rings and that post credit scene and this movie, that might be
1: a little easier place to start. You know me. I'm never going to go the easy route. Uh, <laughs> I very much think they are connected. And I, I, I'm not sure if I thought this first or I read it first. But I subscribe to the idea that these are pieces of technology created by A. Kang. Mm-hmm. a version of a variant of franklin richards um i believe is his his long term name i could be wrong on that um i i'm a huge subscriber to that now was it this kang and it was stolen from him like you know he's he's saying something was stolen from me i need this back i get this feeling that they are a weapons that kang has used in the past to break things but b when used by someone else, they are weapons to destroy Kang. The Ten Rings are o p They mm-hmm. are so strong. The fact that when Wenwu is wearing them, they're blue. They are Kang blue. And then when Shang-Chi gets them, they, they are bright gold. He's got a heart of good. He's not being controlled. And it's interesting that Wenwu was trying to release a demon. Why? Why was he being controlled to do such a thing? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the bangle was found in the 10 rings tomb. And again, it gives you the power to break into another what dimension. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Breaking into a dimension is the key here. And I think that could be uh, okay. Long-term view. Those might be the characters, Miss Marvel, Shang-Chi, anyone else that we, I think we're going to get two more characters, maybe three, And they're going to become our version of the Illuminati. Instead of controlling the Infinity Stones, they control the dimension breaking uh, pieces of technology that can defend against Kang and defeat Kang. So if I had to throw two other characters out there, we've got Quantum Realm, Scott Lang, uh, Hank Pym era, uh, the the Ant-Man family, and then Doctor Strange. Who's that fifth one? still remains to be seen but they're the ones who are going to wake everybody up oh my god it's deadpool that's the fifth in this love it uh i love that and mobius oh god (laughs) it's coming it's happening you said said mobius and i thought morbius so that just shows you where the internet has taken my brain uh yeah mobius i love that mustache what a guy that's why i grew my mustache out i wanted to be owen wilson do you think there's a connection
0: so I do. There, I feel like there must be right. And mm-hmm. the thing that I find fascinating. Oh, by the way, a little like uh, producer note. It's Nathaniel Richards is Nathaniel Kang, King. and then Franklin Richards is it's like a son, other super powerful man. character as well. Mm-hmm. Who I think is even like a younger descendant. I could have that wrong. Anyway, direct son
1: of Re- of Reed. Of Reed and Sue. Yeah.
0: Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that sounds interesting. Okay, so the thing that I'm curious about jumping off of all this in terms of the storytelling of the mcu i believe there's a connection i like what everything you said so we have talo in shang chi and then we were introduced to the newer dimension in miss marvel now to me as a fan especially in shang chi i'm like we're really doing another like pocket universe right and again to me i I don't know maybe i'm just not thinking fourth dimensionally enough right thomas um (laughs) the fact that i'm like how are these pocket universes, but we've got the multiverse and it's all kind of connecting. I would love if like Talo, the newer dimension kind of gets a retroactive, more explanation because of Kang, right? Because of this movie, because of Kang dynasty and like how these other over time, these other little pocket universes, you know, are able to exist because to me, I thought they were, that was a little confusing, and I understand in the context of each of those projects, like right, the show and that movie, I understood the concept within the show, but obviously I'm thinking about the whole universe, and I'm thinking about how we're getting the multiverse right now, and it's like, where does that fit in? I'm hoping that all of this will lead to answering that question of where does that all fit in, and I think it will. I think that's what's positive and exciting about Phase 5, especially for those out there that are listening right now that didn't really love Phase 4 as much as they did 1, 2, and 3 maybe. Phase five, I think, will ramp things up and it will start connecting things in a a bigger way, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Leading more to those grand things. The fact that we start phase five with AIM and Quantumania is the farthest thing from a coincidence, right? They are doing this on purpose. The the poster says, you know, what does it say? Like, you're welcome to a new dynasty or something like that. Or like, you're about to see a new dynasty. Like, let's go, man. That's awesome. And I will say it. I've said it. I'll say it again. Ant-Man is a kind of forgettable, like lower level Marvel project franchise that people don't really like love, 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 love like the other ones, at least from what I can tell. And putting Kang in this movie was such a brilliant move. It seems like storytelling wise, but also like business wise, right? Hey, how do we get people to go watch this Ant-Man 3 movie? Put the biggest villain in the movie, right? It's It's truly Kang's introduction. I also love your idea wrapping up here that we're going to see multiple Kangs in this movie. I think that is something that they might be hiding. Like, they don't want to really show us quite yet, but then maybe we get the council, things like that. Maybe the Kang in this movie isn't even, like, the strongest Kang, right? Maybe, like, he's just kind of, like, a middling Kang or something like that, Mm -hmm. and we keep moving on. Um, I love the idea. I I think I'm hoping, you know, just kind of finishing up here, after this trailer, I'm hoping in a month, roughly, when we see this movie, That when we, at at the very least, when we exit the theater, we're all like, I cannot wait for Kang Dynasty. I can't Mm -hmm. wait for this guy to come back. This is going to be awesome. This guy's crazy. This villain is awesome. Because that's, I'll be honest, all they really need to do. That is the one, number one thing they need to succeed in, in this film. It's just getting us as an audience to be scared of Kang and want more of him. I think Jonathan Majors is a great actor. I loved him in Loki. Anything else I've seen? Yeah, Thomas.
1: So before we move out of the Kang quantum mania extravaganza here, do you, they're really teasing that Kang can kill anyone. Mm -hmm. He has killed Avengers before, right? Somebody's got to die. Do you think Scott dies since, and here's the reason I asked that specific question since the beginning of phase four, You know, WandaVision doesn't really talk about him. Captain America, um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier doesn't really reference him. But then when we get to by the time we've got to Hawkeye and everyone's like, oh, Ant-Man wasn't at the start of the Avengers. Like, what are you talking about? And some of us are like, oh, well, maybe it's because he was there and someone saw him during the 2012 time travel section. But that's a different time. Line, mm. as opposed to a different reality, right? So right, the reason I bring that up is we then find out that in the universe, Scott Lang is huge, very important. He's the only reason people know about what happened versus Thanos. Mm-hmm. Imagine what happens when the entire world finds out Ant man died. Mm. So do you think Scott Lang dies, or do you think someone else dies? Good question. There's got to be a body count here
0: yeah you imagine someone does die i mean this is the end of a trilogy it wouldn't Mm -hmm. stun me if ant-man dies but i would honestly i think the better bet would be on like a hank pym um a hope Bandine. you know the wasp (gasps) dying where it is more of like an emotional like ah for ant-man you know Mm -hmm. that that line in the trailer it's like i don't have to win but we both can't lose or or (laughs) whatever it is right you're coming down with me um you know, maybe his mom dies, Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't know. I, I don't... Honestly, I do think there is still a plan for Ant-Man, like Paul Rudd, to be mm-hmm. in another Avengers movie. And I'd love to see that. And I think it would be more likely that, you know, maybe Hank Pym, Hope Dunn, like I said, like those characters maybe, you know, bite the bullet in this one. And it becomes an emotional stakes thing leading into what's going to be the crossover events of the future. Because one thing that this mo- this show... So I should say the uh, movie is missing for me in terms of like a be- being at tr- the end of a trilogy. Unlike Guardians, where that feels like the end, this doesn't really feel like the end. This feels mm-hmm. like another chapter in the MCU, not the end of a franchise. So with that same you know feeling, I would say that Scott Lang may be safe, maybe just gets through, but not everyone will be. And I would put my money more on Hank Pym or uh, Janet, Van- or not Janet, um, Hope
1: Van Dyne. Oh, you're killing me with trying to kill off Kate from Lost, man. Like uh, Matt Remke and I agree. There needs to be way more Evangeline Lily in these trailers and yeah. that haircut. She is. Oh, my God. I don't even know how to say this without sounding creepy. I love her haircut so much. amazing if. Yeah. Is the best.
0: On, imagine if Cassie died. I,
1: I've been thinking about that. That would gut everybody. Yeah, that would be that, brutal. That would be the first time they killed a kid, I think. And, but now she's not a kid, right? Well, now she's, what, like
0: 18? I mean, uh, yeah.
1: Well, kid to me, you know.
0: Well, well killed, <laughs> no, wait, wait, let's, let's dial it back. Yeah, Infinity War. They killed Spider-Man. Everyone, everyone oh, crying, thank God. Thank tearing you. up, yeah. you know. Oh, sniffles <gasps> in the theater.
1: Yeah. Ooh, how do you make Kang more ferocious? He directly, instead of tangentially kills like a teenager and obviously a lot of teenagers off screen like he just stabs cassie right in the heart and looks and says you could have prevented this but now you'll never get more time with her oh we had a deal okay let's move on
0: (laughs) so sticking with the red brand here we've got a new kind of rumor popping up some reporting uh sources with the direct Uh, we have sources that are basically saying that Adam Driver may be in the driver's seat in terms of landing the Reed Richards Mister Fantastic role, not confirmed at all if he's mm-hmm. been cast, if they've even offered him the role, but that he is a leading candidate for Reed Richards in the upcoming Fantastic Four
1: movie. Thomas, do you think that Adam Driver would be a good choice for this character? I love this idea i believe it was i don't know four five seven eight twelve thousand years ago when twitter mentioned uh that he was being looked at for a role in the mcu everyone's like doom and i'm like no like eight yeah he crushes doom i mean do you remember kylo ren he was awesome dude has an eight pack Mm. but in this case i feel like he would want to do something totally different not be this very famous well-known villain but instead be the good guy and i was like oh he should be reed richards like he'd be a great choice because a that is a super powered being who can change his entire structure his bone structure he can stretch he can change his face into anyone he really wants to i don't think we've seen enough of that in media or even in the comics but like he has that uh molecular ability and when you look at adam driver he is not like Hollywood, stereotypical, attractive. Yeah. He's like, he's he's Adam Driver. He is uniquely attractive as an individual. Mm-hmm. And a giant nerd who so happens to get superpowers, who is humble, which is the key here. I think they want a humble Reed Richards, is going to need to be different. You need to look at him and know, oh, this guy's different. Okay. Adam Driver, John Krasinski. When I look at Adam Driver as Reed Richards, I don't expect him to go Wanda, with a word out of Space Face's mouth, he can destroy you. <laughs> look at her and go, hmm, and like instantly plot the plan. She mm. can't read minds, and he would go at it a whole different way. <laughs> I think that's the that's the Reed Richards we really need—a humble, very intellectual one, but one who's not trying to like be braggadocious. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea for uh adam driver being Reed richards because then he can bring that that smoldering intensity that you're going to need when say namor sleeps with your wife
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe um no, I think Driver would be an excellent choice for Reed Richards. I do understand what people want him to be. Dr. Doom, a villain. He's like, but like you said, he's done that. He's been there. He's in the Disney family. He's been a huge blockbuster villain in Kylo Ren, which I think he's wonderful in those movies. I think Adam Driver is one of the best actors living right now. Mm-hmm. I think he's phenomenal. I am always just, oh, I'm my eyes are glued to the screen whenever I watch Adam Driver personally. I, he's one of my favorite actors personally. Uh, mm-hmm. just like in terms of the way he goes about his job, but the the different kinds of characters he can play as well. And I think he would do a great job of being that kind of he can definitely come off as like the smartest guy in the room. And that's what you need. You yeah. need someone that can come across as the smartest guy in the room. And I do think Adam Driver has that. I think he definitely has that in his toolbox. I think he would be an awesome addition to a another reboot of this franchise that needs to be a success you attach Adam driver, to this thing, it doesn't matter who else is really on there, but like at least Adam drivers, Mr. Fantastic. Right. I can yeah. see it. I think he'd be an excellent choice. I would love to see like, you know, like the, the clean shaven, more tight haircut, Adam driver, look for this glasses, maybe something cool. Right. I, and he can do the action. Obviously he can do it. He can be in these bi- big blockbusters. I would love to see it personally. Um, he'd probably be my top choice if that is true. But there's other options I think are cool as well. I think one big thing, a a very giant looming question mark for the current MCU is the Fantastic Four. We don't mm-hmm. understand. We, we, we get the movie is coming, but we don't understand how at all so far. Right. How? Because based on the Fantastic Four in the comics, it's like they can't just pop out of nowhere. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You can't just all they can't just have been there all the time. No, no, that cannot be the case. So we'll see how they play this. Moving on, still with the red brand here, last bit of Marvel news today. Very exciting. This one's very quick, just kind of a more of like an announcement than anything else. Angela Bassett has won the 2023 Golden Globe Award for Best Supporting Actress in her performance, or for a performance, I should say, as Ramonda in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. This is the first time making history, the first time in MCU history that any actor has won a Golden Globe for a performance with Marvel Studios. Thomas bassett she kills it she's a great ramanda she is a just emotional tool in that movie um everything kind of goes through her in the beginning and her acting is on point
1: did she deserve this award and how excited are you for absolutely she deserves this award when i look back to wakanda forever and i think about the performances in general I think of like, I'm like, oh, I I like Namor, like his portrayal, the way they've reinvented the character. Like, that's amazing. I love it. Like, I never expected that. But when you want to talk about Oscar worthy performances, award winning performances, Golden Globe, like the first performance ever to win an award in an MCU, it's that performance that is there were points in that movie that I forgot I was watching a Marvel film because Angela Bassett was just slaying. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the ability that she has to pull you in really close and then explode in your face with just the emotion, the energy, the intensity, so well-deserved. And I'm so happy. I'm happy for her. I don't really give a damn about the MCU. Like, congrats, MCU got another award. Like, you've made $17 billion. Great. Angela Bassett has not, in my personal opinion, gotten enough credit for her, her intensity as an actor, which is something that I don't know if ever gets brought up is that some actors, you know, they talk about it with, um, Jonathan majors, he just brings an intensity and it's because of his level of commitment. Um, but with Angela Bassett, her intensity is not so much the level of commitment. That is like what her eyes are always saying is like, I'm being really funny here. I'm intensely being funny. I love my kids. I intensely love my kids. I'm going to die, and I'm okay with that, and I'm going to die horribly, and I'm okay with that because I'm saving this girl here. She crushed it, man. What do you think? Like, how do you feel about AB?
0: I'm excited. You know, that's awesome that she won. I am excited that it is the first. Like, I do love seeing more acting roles, like the talent being rewarded for the being in Marvel, essentially, Mm -hmm. right? Being a part of Marvel Studios, because... At the MCU, Marvel, they're known for making money, right? They're the blockbusters, right? They, mm. And it's not always like deserved, some people might say based on the quality of the work. But this is deserved. I'm happy that she was um, rewarded and recognized. Ironically, I do think that she might be not even the best um acting performance in that movie. I think latisha right, but she was a leading role, totally mm. different nomination yeah. possibly. Leticia Wright does a great job in that. But yeah, Angela Bassett, shout out to you. That's awesome. Congratulations. And I guess we'll never see you again. Okay, moving on to the blue brand <laughs> DC News of the Day. We got one little thing, we got a minor update on the Batman 2. Oh, Matt Reeves has just confirmed that he and his partner are deep, deep in the writing process for the Batman 2. And additionally, another interview, he said that he James Gunn and Peter Soffron are going to be having a meeting later this month to talk about the future. It does seem, by the way, I didn't write it down um, in our notes. It does seem also that uh, the universe, obviously, as we've already kind of understood so far, that the Batman universe, the Batverse, is going to be separate from this upcoming DCU. So, Thomas, the question for today is: where's your excitement level for the Batman 2? Right. Mm -hmm. That that's coming out. And how do you hope? Gun, Saffron, Reeves kind of operate the future with the Batman universe. Do you want to see another Batman pop up in the DCU with a new Superman anytime soon or do you just hope they say hey in, in this meeting in a couple of weeks, right? Do you hope that Gun and Saffron are say, "Matt, just do your thing, man. We're not going to mess with you. Just let us know what you're doing character-wise, but you do your thing. You make your Penguin series, you make your Batman 2." You do your thing, we'll do our thing, and we'll all sing Kumbaya in the end. What do you think?
1: I have a question before that. I thought Matt Reeves was supposed to be answering directly to the Warner Brother Media people.
0: See, that is an excellent point, um, Thomas. That is actually a really good point that I don't know the answer to necessarily. Because, yes, um, I think he is supposed to be now. I, I think in the now, here's the thing, right, though, Thomas? If you think about it, that was what the Hollywood Reporter said or Variety or one of the mm. trades. Whoever wrote that said they believed in the reporting ah. that Matt Reeves and uh, Todd Phillips with the Joker would kind of could work around. They wouldn't have to directly report to James Gunn. Now, this is also not saying that they that he's even reporting to James Gunn in software. Yeah, right? just that they're they're meeting and going to be talking about it. So that initial report could still be the case. But at the end of the day there's still going to be an open creative dialogue as to what's going on going forward.
1: Okay, sweet. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't drop into a new universe again. Thanks, <laughs> King. Uh, I am, full disclosure, The Batman is my favorite live-action Batman movie of all time. And yeah. I've, I've lived, I've been alive for all, but well, I guess two, since if we're going to count 1966's uh, uh, Adam West Batman movie which you should. It is amazing. I've seen Uh, it. uh, So I've been alive for all but two live action Batman movies. I've seen every single one of them. And the Batman that I have always wanted is the Batman. Uh, Yeah, he's a little emo. Yeah, there's not enough Bruce Wayne. I agree with that. But at that point in time where he is, I've always subscribed to the belief that Batman and Bruce Wayne there is no Bruce Wayne early on. It takes time for Bruce Wayne to develop time for him to actually care for other people in the same way that he cared for his family. It, he mentions it in that movie, you know. Um, I I'm torn. You know, when I watch the Batman, I feel like I'm living a live-action Batman the animated series.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What Matt Reeves has done with live action Batman is what Bruce Tim did with batman in general where he took like oh there's this dark knight frank miller version and you know yeah batman 89 is pretty dark yeah batman 1992 is the scariest movie i've ever seen i still don't watch it because penguin danny devito penguin scares the hell out of me freaks me out too yeah. i'm 30 something years old and i still refuse to watch it without it being eight o'clock in the morning so With all that said, somehow Bruce Timms is both more uplifting than both of those movies and way darker than both of those movies. I love animation for what you can do with it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that somehow still led to the Justice League and it's the same Batman throughout that time kind of going. I'm a not wanting this Batman to all of a sudden be in the Justice League at all. I don't want him to be with Superman. I don't want him to meet Wonder Woman. None of that. I don't care. But I would not be opposed to in five years, this version of the Batman suddenly me- suddenly meeting Superman. And it'd be like this blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, first off, Clark. Superman's, like, oh, you know, my name He's like, it's not about that. That's the press. That's the publicity. I lean into that. That's the job. This is what I really am doing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is who I really am. This is why I do what I do. We have different methods. Sure, I'm a little bit more violent, but I'm a human. I can get away with it. You punch someone, you kill them. I punch someone, they bleed a little. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I just thought of, uh, do you bleed? You will. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little torn on what I really want with this Batman and the the universe. Yeah. I do love that he's meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran, because that means there's at least a potential. For a crossover in the future. Which I kind of want. But again I kind of don't. But the fact that they're going to communicate together. Might lead to Matt Reeves. Helping develop the Batman. For that DC universe. That they have. Like he might be a producing partner in it. As opposed to the writer. The director. The creative head. Be like you don't want this dark Batman. But you want a dark Batman. But we also need to find the balance and the light. Um, And again the way that the Batman ended. I think lends itself to this version somehow end up getting into the justice league. Cause he's the one who's saying this city, it needs a symbol of hope. Right. And it's like, wow, how did he become Superman in one movie? <laughs> right. And what about I'll, you? Yeah. So on all of this, I'm very excited for the
0: Batman too. I love, love, love the Batman. One of my favorite movies of 2022. It's like my second favorite movie of the year. I thought it was amazing my second favorite Batman movie, just by the dark Knight, And even then it's those two for me, right? It's those two are great Batman movies. It just, the movie just understands who and what Batman is in mm-hmm. such a fundamental way that I don't give a shit. If Bruce Banner or Bruce Banner, Bruce Wayne <laughs> isn't in like in it. And I think that's the point at the end where it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. now Bruce may understand there are other ways of doing this, right? You talk about mm-hmm. the symbol of hope. It, it, it's a, it's great storytelling. I was kind of a proponent in terms of like the, universe building that hey james gunn we're taking over this universe well guess what you've already got a great day one solo movie success already sitting there for you and in theory down the line there could be crossovers because it is so secluded to gotham you know Mm -hmm. that could be the case are they going to do that i don't know i doubt it at this point i doubt it i think what the plan is going to be is that they're going to say hey you do your batman thing you make your you make your trilogy essentially right like make your batman trilogy and do whatever hbo shows you want along the way to kind of build out that gotham and it'll be its own i guess you could say else world or whatever like adjacent mm-hmm. universe yeah. and people will enjoy that and then in our dcu we're starting with superman right we are beginning with superman that is clear now um and we may have a batman at some point but it might be years down the line we might do it like while the Batman 3 is tailing up, or something like that. Or, or maybe we'll just hear about the Batman in the in, you know, behind the closet or whatever. Like just some things are happening over in Gotham, you know. It does get a little messy, I will say. Um, I just want more of this universe. Like right now, as we're currently sitting here, the Batman universe is my second favorite universe going behind the MCU. Like, mm-hmm. I just love it. I thought it was so, so, so good. I don't want it to be messed with, but I do see where there could be potential for expansion if they wanted there to be. But I don't think that's the plan. I don't think that's what Matt Reeves would maybe want to do. I think his like yeah. goal is just to make his Batman universe and just let it be, right? Just let that be it. And then James Gunn can truly start from scratch and do whatever he wants with a new with another rendition of Batman. I love that idea you had of him being like an advisory producer, um, mm. Reeves that is, because he gets the character. He understands it. And Gunn, I think, because of this situation, they can totally let the Batman keep doing its thing while also teasing a new one coming down the pike at some point and taking their time. Right. They they mm-hmm. do have time to build this new universe if that's what they're going to do. If they're truly going to full, which we don't know, confirmed yet, if they're going to really blow up the DC universe and just start from scratch. So we'll see. It's very exciting, though. I know me and you are going to be pumped for the Batman, oh, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh- You know, what I really love is that we're talking about this and somehow I'm getting excited for the flash movie as we talk about this, because, you know, we've got, we've got, (laughs) yeah, there's two Batman. Well, unless they cut that scene out again. Uh, So it's going to be really fun going into that movie because you're right. They could blow it all up entirely and have a new flash at the end of the movie, Uh, or it could end up, you know, soft reboot. There's so many things that can happen after the flash. And the fact that the entire universe has blown up behind the scenes is slowly making the Flash look way better. Mm. Um, I was not really caring that much after all the, um, well, personal things that was going on with Ezra Ezra Miller. Mm -hmm. And so I I was really taking me out. I'm like, "I I don't know if I care about this movie anymore. Right. And now I'm like, wow, we could have like, we can kill all the Batman except for Bat Reeves. That's his name. And we can go from there. Like, I, I I, like the idea that we can blow up the whole universe, and then we get Superman universe, Batman universe, Aqua universe. Well, not him. It's going to be Lobo. We're not going to worry about uh, Jason momo's Aquaman anymore. Uh, Shazam universe, but not with Black Adam, because that's also dead. Uh, and we're going to have maybe <laughs> Wonder dead. Woman, but that could also be dead. Who knows? Yeah. But you, I like the idea and the way that the MCU built these franchises.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I would love if they took 10 years, like 10 full years to build toward the Justice League. You have Super Universe, Supes Universe, Bat Universe, uh, Wonder Woman Universe. And maybe not. even. I I hope they give Wonder Woman her own universe, because that would be really dumb if they didn't just. Oh, look, these guys are fighting. Here she is again. Right. Uh, They go the Snyder route. But (laughs) that was the Snyder route. (laughs) That was the Snyder route. Build the universes. And then bring them together for something, because then it'll feel more like it has more stakes.
0: Deserves maybe, yeah.
1: Even yeah, more deserved. Like the MCU, every character had a film except for Iron Man; he had two. And mm-hmm. so the Avengers come together, and we're like, oh my god! But now, after Infinity War and after Endgame, the first, like, imagine, imagine if we had more movies leading into the Justice League before they sh- they actually met up. The Zack Snyder version of Justice League. That movie would have been way more epic if we had more time with each character before the movie. Yeah. And we cared about them all. And then we get to see these other side stories that are going on. That would have leveled that up even more in the same way that Infinity War and Endgame made us just drop our jaw and drop all of our tears out of our eyes. Right. Like No Way Home, even. Like, it took 20 years for No Way Home to be what it was, and we never expected it. Right. Right.
0: Oh, I definitely didn't.
1: <laughs> we you were like if it if it happens I never have to watch another comic book movie.
0: I still and- attain I I still say everything from now on is just cake. It's just great. You know,
1: cuz <laughs> cuz I understand. What? I mean, what else
0: could I ever ask for? Like dead serious. Could I ever ask for from this genre? Like I love the storytelling and I love these characters and I'm super invested, especially like in these Batman things. It's it's so awesome. Yeah. I love Batman. And Superman, I'm I'm so stoked for a reboot, even though I love Cavill. Um, but I'm excited for what the future could hold. But like, God, what they did in No Way Home, you can't top that, man. It just it just made all of my like dreams come true. And like the silliest way of saying that, like it's like my heart is so warm. I just got my Funko Pops in the mail of all three of them. By oh, the way, let um, Yeah. So anyway, long story short, yes, the Batman too. It's coming. Um, there is a lot more to discuss. Yeah, in terms of D.C. going forward. And we will be covering that here on the direct podcast. Last bit of news today, we've got the yellow brand Mandalorian season three trailer. It's coming another one. We've already gotten a trailer for this show. Um, It looks great, of course, because the Mando has been one of the best things to hit Disney. Plus, Disney has confirmed that a brand new trailer for season three of the Mandalorian will premiere during the ESPN NFL Super Wild Card game Monday. Uh, Time of this, you know, tonight, if you're listening to this in the morning when this is posted um, tonight, there will be a wild card game happening between the Bucks and the Cowboys. And uh, that'll start around eight. So whenever that will actually drop, we don't know. But the Mandalorian season three trailer will be dropping during that time. Some point now, Thomas, Star Wars guy, you're in the building. Mm. Where is your hype level for this trailer and for this season? Okay.
1: For the season, 66 out of 10. Execute order (laughs) hype level 66. For the trailer, uh, you know, little BTS, we just recorded Reckless Rebellion last night. This was a news story because it's huge. Uh, And I don't, you know, Lauren Rouse mentioned, like, she's like, I don't know if I need another trailer. And you know me, David. Mm. I like to have people screen my trailers.
0: Oh, I know it well.
1: uh, Unless Kang is involved. I'm aware of that process. You you might have, like, perfected the process, actually. (laughs) I am the process. (laughs) I am the box office process. Um, So my hype level for the trailer, I'd call it 10 out of 10. However, it's important to note, I love that they're doing this. But I swear to God, if I have to watch three quarters of the Cowboys getting their butt kicked on Monday night, Super Bowl, <laughs> uh, Super Wild Card playoff game just to watch a mediocre Mando season three trailer that gives me no more information. I'm going to be very upset. Yeah. I only I I'll be honest. I watched I stayed up the whole game and I literally powered through to watch the Kang Quantumania trailer. And yep. then as soon as that happened, I watched it again on YouTube and then went to bed. Yep. I don't know if I have that kind of strength when my team is in, in the game. So right. I'm hoping it's at halftime. So Monday, tonight is a huge day for me. I get Star Wars. I get Talos Cowboys football. And probably by this point, you've already heard some dope Marvel news because they Marvel Mondays. It's a total thing. (laughs) I have a question for you. Is there anything specific you're wanting to see from this trailer on top of what is your hype level? I would say, yeah. Great
0: two questions. I what I want to see is, I guess, more of the story beats of what's happening because we got a, t- a very very teaser trailer a few months ago. Um, emphasis on tease. Mm. I am super excited. What I also want to see is just more of that N one Starfighter man, that glossy thing racing through the air. Uh-huh. Grogu in the back, where the uh, R two unit's supposed to be. God, I love it so much. I I, I think that ship is just so cool, and added a whole other like level or like element. Mm-hmm. To what this show can be, and like how he's going to like uh, traverse around and everything like that. So I'm excited to see more of the story. Excited to see more of like the conflict happening here. More of the Starfighter for sure. Um, my hype level is really high. I-, I think now that we're in 2023, when that teaser came out, Mando wasn't on my mind at all, and it got me excited for a moment, and then escaped, and and you know, and, and just as fast of a moment, it it escaped. Right? I'm like, okay, that was yeah. cool. Now, back into whatever was happening then, or like getting ready for Andor or something like that, you know, and Andor ended up being great. I'm excited to get back into the Mando universe. It's been a while. Like, we had a couple of Mando episodes basically in Book of Boba Fett a year ago. Um, Yeah, a year ago. But mm-hmm. it's been a while since Mandalorian season two. You know, I'm excited to get back into a proper Mandalorian episodes. And this is let's not sugarcoat this. This is the marquee Disney Plus show still in my mind, you know, because this was the first one that was really a hit. It was really the first main like Star Wars Marvel. Yeah, it it, it was with launch, you know, like and this became such a giant hit, brought so many people to the streaming service. This is really their shining star. You know, this is their big breadwinner, even though it's a streaming service. But um, (laughs) I'm very excited. I'm excited for its return. I believe in Favreau. I believe in Filoni and I'm excited for just what's to come. And I I think season three has a lot of potential, man, especially because all the connections that are happening with these other shows, Ahsoka and everything Mm. else going on. Like there's so much to be excited for. We will talk, of course, more about Star Wars when we discuss either next. It'll be next week or the following week about the state of Star Wars in 2023. Mandalorian season three will be a big part of that conversation. Thomas, thank Mm -hmm. you so much for joining me today. Of course, my old Thunder buddy. From Life Thunder Action. What's the Rebellion up to? What's Reckless Rebellion up to? And where can everyone find you on social media?
1: Yes, Reckless Rebellion. We are currently uh we are chugging along. We are we are in the prequel era. We we're there. We're we're hanging out with the Bad Batch every week. Uh the this season, I know David's never going to watch the Bad Batch. <laughs> But this season of the Bad Batch is already more mature and darker than last season. It reminds me of Rebel Season 1 to Rebel Season 2 in terms of uh, maturity and then narrative like, oh, by the way, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. Where season one is more like a a side story inside the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, We're covering that every week. And it's leading up to March 1st uh, that this is basically getting us to Mandalorian Season 3. And then we're going to have some overlap there. You can find us on your podcast feeds, at Reckless Rebellion, and on Twitter, at Reckless Rebels, R E C K L E S S R E B E L S. And then for myself, you can find me on all the social medias at Thomas, that's wrong, at T C Rochester Act, T C R O C H E S T E R A C T. And if you go to Linktree, that'll get you. You know, with that tag, of course, it'll get you all of those links, plus some short films that I've made, uh, whether behind the camera, in front of the camera, and you'll get to see some trailers of other films I have. And really quick, I don't even know if I told you this, David. February seventh, mm-hmm. Corsicana, the feature film that I was in. Yes, drops on Amazon. You can rent it on Amazon, on YouTube, Dish Pay Per View. All of those things. So it was in theaters, very exclusively traveling the country here and there. And now it'll be in your home, in your face for renting and buying purposes. So check that out when you get a chance.
0: Say the name game for the audience. The name Corsic- again.
1: Corsicana, like Tropicana, but C-O-R-S before the I-C-A-N-A. Perfect. Love it. Thomas, it's been a pleasure.
0: It's been a blast. As always, we'll have to do this again soon. But mm-hmm. for now, we are moving into our State of the Universes series, beginning with, of course the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the first of three feature series, the state of the universes you love. And we are starting today, of course, with the red brand, the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe for 2020. Three, we are going to go through the entire slate of confirmed 2023 releases for marvel studios and then we will get into our biggest predictions our biggest takes our biggest wishes for the red brand in 2023 the marvel cinematic universe the state of marvel i'm here david's here and joining us once again for the second week in a row to kick off 2023 the machine richard nebbins nebbins how are we doing buddy
3: Doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me. I think this is the first time I've been on two weeks in a row. So very uh I'm um, I'm looking forward to a hell of a year for this podcast. We're gonna we're gonna have a great year. We got a great year ahead
2: of us. Yeah, it's gonna be good stuff, especially for the Marvel brand. Um, David, you know, I'm gonna go to you first with our very first movie on the Slate Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania releases just over a month away, February 17th, 2023. The one big question for this one. How do you think this movie stacks up with the hype of the first two Ant Man movies? It feels so different. How do you how do you kind of contextualize that within the Peyton Reed Ant Man trilogy?
0: Yeah, I think what I noticed in heading into Quantum Mania is, for me personally, the Ant Man franchise has been okay. Uh, It's been good. It hasn't been terrible, but the villains I think have always been fine, like perfect, perfectly fine. And there, like, what was it? What we call the first guy? Uh, Yellow jacket. Yellow jacket.
2: Yellow, yeah. j- yellow Jacket.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love them. Um, <laughs> yellow Jacket and Echo. Um, and for me, ghost. N- not ghost. Echo. Ghost. Too many names out there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, especially you like, uh, okay. So anyway, meeting <laughs> come, <laughs> <know>. come back. <laughs> ghost back. Ghost and Echo. Yeah, we got him coming back. Yep. Um, heading into the third movie, I think it's kind of funny where they're like, what should we do for the, the villain? Oh, We'll just make it the Avengers villain for the next movie. <laughs> um, So then people will have to care. I do think there was some like Marvel Studios rewiring of what this movie could have been to make it mean more and matter more. Because I'm not sure anyone, anyone was pining for an Ant-Man 3 just on its own, you know? And that kind of speaks to the MCU in general, right? People want things to matter. And if the, I think if the Ant-Man franchise wasn't in the MCU, There may have never been a third, honestly, because the second one, especially because of when it came out after Infinity War, it was like, what is this side story? You know, (laughs) this isn't (laughs) building. You know, this is just like happening now. And it's like it's like a prequel all of a sudden. So the hype is high because of what they've done. Right. We're going in back into the quantum realm, which has been a a through line of each movie. It's fundamentally, you know, an Ant-Man trope, I guess I would say. And Ant-Man has been a fundamental part of the MCU since he joined in at the very tail end of phase two. So I'm excited for the movie. Paul Rudd, it doesn't feel final to me. You know, right now, it doesn't feel like it's going to be very much so like the end of these characters. But maybe it will be. But in all honesty, this does feel very much so like a stepping stone in the MCU and not necessarily the final chapter on the Ant-Man franchise.
2: Like we're getting with Guardians and like we, um, you know, got with... uh... Uh, Love and Thunder kind of had, you know, kind of like a swan song kind of vibe, even though Thor is coming back. But Mm -hmm. I totally understand what you're saying. Nevins, I want to challenge you a little bit here with the same question. How does this stack up with the first two Ant-Man movies, but focus a little bit more on the Ant family, the characters? You know, obviously Catherine Newton's coming in, but like, you know, we got our core four coming back for this entire movie this time. How do we Mm -hmm. feel about the Ant family coming in compared to the first two?
3: I mean, this is this is easily all of their biggest stories so far. I mean, maybe outside of Paul Rudd with Endgame, uh, uh, Scott Lang, because I mean, he masterminded the plan to bring half the universe back. But this definitely feels like the biggest movie for all of them. I mean, I mean, hype wise and consequences wise, this easily blows the first two out of the water, because I mean, and, and I love the first two movies They're you know, these fun little heist films that, you know, you get Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd and. I think this cast is in for a big story this time around. We got you know Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly coming back, Um, Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer actually get a whole movie together, which I think is going to be really cool. Getting to see the uh, the Hank Pym, Janet Van Dyne relationship expand a little bit. I am here's I don't know if this is going to be a big tape, or I'll save it for later too. But I think somebody is going to kick the bucket in this movie. I just have a feeling that they're setting up somebody in this one to to die to you know sacrifice themselves or something especially with kang being the villain i mean this is the big bad of the entire multiverse saga maybe outside of dr doom um but that this movie is going to have some incredible ramifications and um no i mean like you guys said i mean the 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 threequels in the mcu all have some incredibly huge ramifications to them we've seen them ever since thor ragnarok and civil war um infinity war or half the universe goes away um so this one could be a pivotal part of the multiverse saga and um the gas is going to be a big part of it and shout out to uh bill murray coming into this movie too um bill murray joining the mcu i did not have on my bingo card Yep. Yeah, no,
2: that's a chef kiss. Bill Murray, one of the best. Bevins, uh, you picked this in the first round of last week's hype draft. So, you know, the, the ramifications, I think it plays like, you know, Ant-Man kind of felt like a prequel to Civil War, right? You know, in uh, Quantumania, you know, as much of a side story as it felt, it is the crux of Endgame. You know, like like the Quantum Realm is the, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the wasp, wasp, rather, wasp. The crux of Endgame, you know, explaining the Quantum Realm and all that stuff. We get to dive even further into it here. Very exciting stuff. Our next release, we don't have an exact date, but spring 2023, Secret Invasion comes in. Nick Fury's return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is very exciting stuff. Nevis, I'm going to go to you first with our one big question. Compare the hype of this show to another Phase 4 show. What does it feel like? Honestly,
3: I don't think we've had this much hype since WandaVision. And okay. I mean they're for they're for incredibly different reasons. WandaVision was the return of the MCU. I mean, we hadn't had MCU content for a year and a half and this was our big introduction to phase 4 with Elizabeth Olsen bettany and that story. But comparatively speaking, that story might be small time compared to what's coming in Secret Invasion just in terms of purely from story. Um I mean this could this could very well end up being the biggest Disney Plus show. For some time. I mean, this we're getting the Skrull invasion. I mean, this is one of the biggest comic storylines of, what, the past 10, 15 years? Um, I mean, Nick Fury, Talos. Um, and th- they've also designated this as marvel's first official crossover event Mm -hmm, which i am very curious to see what that means we've got some the potential for some really big characters even if they're just like cameos from the bigger parts of the mcu coming in i mean there's been rumors of chloe bennett's quake coming in from agents of shield potentially um i'm beyond excited to see what happens in secret invasion this is going to be a huge series i think i think this could easily be the biggest series of
2: 2023 Absolutely. Uh David, same question. Compare the hype of this one to another phase four show.
0: I think where I'm going with this is right now, in my opinion, people may not even know this show's really coming out anytime soon or like have it like on their immediate radar, unless you're like in the space. You know what I mean? Like we cover these things every day. We talk about these things every day. But like mm-hmm. the regular fans are like, Oh yeah, Secret Invasion, like that that's coming out next year, but Ant Man's way more, you know, up in the forefront of right. like their brains. Right. I think what's gonna happen. This is just my opinion. This is how I see it unfolding. Oh, a new trailer. This looks awesome. It's coming out. The first trailer, by the way. Great. Sick. It looks it so looks good. They're Really, really good. Um, I love the idea that's an event. It's like a six-parter, right? Um yeah, six
2: part series event.
0: Love it. And <laughs> the thing with me, I think this show is gonna be awesome. So, what my expectation is more people, and we'll talk about it more shortly. More people will be anticipating Loki season two because there was a Loki season one. Right. And it's Loki and Loki was right. the highest, you know, the most watched Disney plus Marvel show so far. This movie or the show is going to be very highly talked about. And then it's going to become one of these giant hit events because right. people are going to the word of mouth is not going to be speaking of it, comparing it to phase four. The word of mouth is not going to be like She-Hulk where it's like, oh, this is a show happening. But right. it, and then the, the casual fans are going to ask, well, does it really matter? right like do I need do I need to watch it you know that I get that I yeah. I personally in my life get that question all the time do I need to watch <laughs> it right is this required yeah. reading and for She-Hulk it's like no nah, not really I think Secret Invasion is going to be the exact opposite it's like I've told yeah. people. I've been telling people watch Loki watch WandaVision watch Falcon the Winter Soldier and I Secret Invasion I hope is going to be one of those shows where it's like you must watch this to understand what's going on in the MCU mm mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and I think it's got plenty of ramifications moving forward. It's another Earth threat. You know, we got the vibranium thing set up in Wakanda forever. Whatever's going on with the Eternals thing. And now the scroll invasion, you know, these are Earth threats as Kang built himself in the cosmic multivers- multiversal area. I think these are the types of projects that set up why an Avengers team comes together. And then, oh, by the way, here's also Kang. You look at the Infinity Saga. It wasn't a Thanos story for the Avengers, between avengers one and infinity war you know it was the sokovia accords and dealing with ultron and dealing with the legality of being a superhero yep. so it's going to be really exciting for secret invasion to plant those seeds uh moving right along quick hits because david does have a hard out to get to the uh afc south championship game which is very <laughs> um guardians of the galaxy volume three releases may 5th 2023 david going to you first with our big question for guardians of the galaxy Volume Three. Let's say it's two and a half hours. Screw it. You know, why not? Let's say it's two and a half hours. At what minute mark do we see Gamora for the first time?
0: My assumption is 45 to 50 minute mark. Um, and that just, first act switch. just within the first. Yeah, just within the first hour. Um, and I think it'll be after there's been like a small conflict, a setup, some sort of action with the core group right now. And then it's where things get more interesting. It's when the wrench is thrown in. It's where the conflict emotionally comes in right then. Um, I like the prediction of two and a half hours. That's probably where I would have it. 220, 230 is probably my guess for this one. Um, And that's where I see, I think, the tone maybe even shift a little bit more when Gamora comes in. Because what that means for this movie, especially trying to tell the story and just what's going to be, like we just said, like two and a half hours. How's this going to play out with Peter and Gamora? Because that's the big question for me.
2: Yeah. When is Gamora? Why is Gamora? Who's Gamora? Nevins, uh, do you have the same kind of thought right in that first act switch, or do you see Gamora popping in at a different part of this movie?
3: I was actually thinking pretty close to that. I was going to guess about 30 to 45 minutes in, maybe a little bit shorter than David, but I was thinking that same thing. I was just looking at the runtimes, too. The first Guardians of the Galaxy is two hours and two minutes. Uh, The second one is two hours and 17 minutes. Okay. I I could see them pushing the two and a half hour mark for this next one. I really hope they do, especially because like we've been saying, this is like the final version of this take on the guardians of the galaxy. Like somebody or multiple people are going to eat it in this movie. I mean, I know everybody's probably expecting Drax. Um, we'll see who else, but I'm very curious to see the Gamora stuff. I, yeah, I think she's going to be coming in pretty early because they've got to catch that catch people up on. Everything with her and and Quill since the end of Endgame, uh, when they met up for a second and she, you know, kicked them right in the whoppers. Um, <laughs> um, but no, this one is going to be arguably one of the most emotional movies of the entire MCU, and and I'm ready to ball my eyes out in theaters. I can't wait for it.
2: It's going to be awesome. I think Gamora is the cold open of the movie. I think really. She's the first thing we oh,
3: see that'd be solid. I
2: think they they do it in a Winter Soldier, uh, a Civil War rather kind of way, multiverse madness where they set up Gamora right away and then we get into our Guardians film after the uh, fanfare, which is going to be really exciting. Moving on to the next three projects we don't have trailers for yet, so we don't know as much about these projects going in, but Loki Season 2 uh, comes in summer 2023. Nevins, what do you hope they continue or adjust from Loki Season 1? I really just want them to take
3: what they did in Loki Season 1 and take it up to another level on the amplify. insanity front. Um, just Yeah, just amplify it, because where we kicked off from the end of last season is that the entire multiverse is in shambles the entire multiverse has just gone so i want to see the ramifications from that i mean this is going to be the first one where kang the conqueror is actually a legitimate true force in the universe in the multiverse loki knows about him um and the wasp have already touched on him the prime version of kang and i want to see what happens from that i mean tom hiddleston said the entire cast is coming back and i think they could just go absolutely ballistic with it you know go through all different places in time and space i think they could explore some different you know aliens different species different you know time frames in human history and i just want to see tom hiddleston get to be unleashed in this series the way we've seen him in the past i mean he's an mcu regular he's a mainstay um and i'm really excited to see this is this is definitely high on my hype list for streaming shows this year
2: yeah uh, my- absolutely David, same question.
0: I was just going to say mine, too. Um, For for me, what I hope they continue to, you know, in terms of, like, continue and adjust for season one, I like what you said, Richard, about going ballistic, because that's what I see this show as. Very high action things happening all the time, going through Mm -hmm. time, space, whatever it is, whatever, like, problem and, you know, pieces of the sacred timeline they're trying to restore or whatever their goal is, right? I feel like after the end of the, by the end of the finale, it's like, what even are we doing <laughs> you know like exactly. it's just yeah. hell right for loki it's like well shit right like it's it's just yeah, well
2: for, shit exactly
0: <laughs> you know? totally. like, he's looking at Owen wilson Owen listens like wow like you know it, we just have no Bow. idea <laughs> it, so for me i am super super like loki is one of my favorite like the show is probably my favorite show yeah, it is I would say it still is my favorite series so far for at the MCU on Disney Plus. And season two, I think it's gonna be awesome. Like where Sylvie is in all of this. What all the ramifications. They're doing a season two for a reason. We're not gonna see all these season twos, by the way, for Marvel on Disney Plus. It's not gonna be a thing. Um mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see what this is really going to mean. And I wonder, by the way, if they don't call it a season two, but if it's Loki colon, whatever, like Something. Subtitle and or what you know what I mean I think that would okay. be a really cool play cool. on it um to not make it to feel not like a a CW show in the sense of like this isn't like that Marvel Studios shows aren't like that it's not like a season by season thing like even like see with yeah. Star Wars Mandalorian they're seasons but they're all chapters right it's something they yeah. like cool about it where it's like it does it feels like all every episode feature. yeah yeah so we'll we'll see what happens um but I'm very excited for it and I think I. Echo what Richard said in the sense of just action, action, things happening, going around, just Tom Hiddleston doing what he does best and be Loki. And what this means for that character, too, where in the first one, it was about self-discovery. And now it's going to be him actually on a mission of sorts. And Mm -hmm. that is exciting to me.
2: Absolutely. Moving on, uh, the Marvels, July 28th, 2023. Here's a here's a quick hitter question I want to hear from you guys. Rank all three of the Marvels from most to least excited to see. Not to say that we're not excited to see all three of them, but who are you? What's your ranking in order of the three Marvels on who you're most excited to see? David, go ahead.
0: Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, and then uh, Maria Mar- Rambo. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Photon definitely being the, the the add-on to this because, you know, she was a part of WandaVision. She didn't lead WandaVision. I, I respect that ranking. Nevins, for you? You yeah, know it's funny, very close, but a little bit different. Miss
3: Marvel, Monica Rambeau, um, Captain Marvel. I mean, and I'm incredibly excited to see all three of them. I'm just very curious to see, and I'm very excited to see how things evolve with Maria Ra- or Monica Rambeau. Sorry, Monica Rambeau uh, from, from the end of- Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, how things evolve with her from the end of WandaVision, that post credit scene that we got from her is going to be great. And um, but this whole movie is going to be awesome. I'm really excited for it.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm super excited to see all three of them, but I'm putting Brie Larson at the top of my list, not because I don't love Miss Marvel. Obviously, I do not because I right. don't love Monica Rambeau. I think she's one of the most underrated side characters of phase four. Brie Larson has been thrust into such an important part of the MCU right away. Obviously, with Mm -hmm. Captain Marvel making a billion dollars and her being such a pivotal part of Endgame. This is really the first time where she gets to kind of sit in it and be this character for a longer time. People forget she filmed Captain Marvel and Endgame back to back. She filmed Endgame before she filmed Captain Marvel. So this is really her first time to take a break from this character and to come back to it and really make you know captain marvel and really make carol danvers her own and i think that she's going to be such an important part of the multiverse saga on the earth slash cosmic bridge you know bringing mm-hmm. those two worlds together and i'm just excited to see what she's like because you look at i mean steve Rogers his second appearance in the MCU really was the money for him. And, and, you know, the same thing with Thor. Once we got more Thor, we started to love Thor more, <laughs> um, Thor for more Thor. And I just, I can't wait to see what <laughs> Larson does with that. Last but not least, Iron Heart coming in fall of 2023. Richard, our big question out of all the young Avengers that we've gotten introduced so far. So we got Billy and Tommy, we got Kate Bishop, we got, uh, Cassie Lang coming, um, she's been introduced, but she's going to get a new version, Quantumania, uh, the kid from Falcon Winter Soldier. Where is Ironheart Eli, ranked yep. on the Young Avengers uh, that we've been introduced to so far for you? And Scar, obviously, as well. <laughs> yes, and Scar. Um,
3: I would say she is on the higher end of those, um, of those heroes, largely because... We've really gotten to see her in action as Ironheart, both with her Mark one suit that she had um, in her garage um, over near MIT and the Wakanda suit that she got when she um, teamed up with the Wakandans for the final battle. Um, I think she's going to be a really exciting hero to see on her own. I can't wait to see, you know, you know, she's a bulls fan. She's got their bulls memorabilia that we were talking about the Michael Jordan year. This is literally her Michael Jordan gear, um, you know, the, the bulls fan of the MCU. Um, and I'm really excited to see what she does with it. Dominic Thorne did an incredible job in uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It's not that she wasn't my favorite part, but she made herself known in such a stacked cast in in with a bunch of stacked performances from Angela Bassett and uh, Letitia Wright. That I'm really excited to see what she does with her own space, with her own show. So
0: I'm really excited to see what she does with that. Yeah, I, David. Yeah, I would say, you know, this potential, the potential for this show. I think that the ceiling for me is Miss Marvel in the turn in the sense of a new young Avenger, young character. What's unique is that we already kind of have the origin of her. So like a la say like a, you know, Spider-Man in the MCU a, a little bit right where we we get introduced to mm-hmm. them in a different movie and then they get their own project. So that's a little bit different. But like, what's the rest of the series look like? Right. Like, Because I thought she was good as a side piece, as a side character um, in the, you know, Wakanda Forever movie. And like she had the cool suit. It was all there. I thought, I think, you know, Dominique Thorne is actually very charismatic and like a cool character. But where does it go? Is this like a college story? Right. Are we at MIT? Is this that would be kind of cool, right? We're like um, Amon Valani totally. like, in high school. This is more about college. I think that would be really neat. But I just wonder, like, where this goes, what this means. And if we'll end this series being like, man, she's awesome. Like how I felt with Miss Marvel. Quick question: Do we get a
3: cameo from Ned or MJ in this series with them being at MIT? My my
0: bet's on no, but I would just kill to see it.
2: Lord, I hope not.
0: Probably, I, honestly, I would. The biggest reason I would say no is because they'd have to like talk to Sony about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, it, yeah. exactly. And Sony's just yeah. Ned popping up would be quite the pop, though.
2: It'd be funny. Ned popping up would be very funny. Um, I hope it's not MJ, though. They can't afford
0: Zendaya. No, 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 They they would not be able to afford her.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, man, but they can probably afford you. (laughs) It's true, though. That's the facts facts of it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your 2023 MCU slate. We're very excited now. It is time to go over our biggest predictions, our biggest takes, what we think is going to happen in the MCU in 2023, and we're calling it The Takes of Future Past. We will be locking in our biggest takes for a movie or series, a character, and then the MCU as a whole. And guys, this is something that me david and richard are going to keep track of throughout the year these are the takes that we are owning and if they're right we're going to brag about it in a very big way if they're wrong i hope the other ones make fun of us for it you know this is this <laughs> is our flag that we are planting in the mcu for 2023 let's start with our movie slash series takes richard i want to go to you first what is your project take for the mcu and your takes of futures past
3: okay So we've got six projects coming out this year. Uh, Hopefully more. We'll see if, you know, at the end of the year, if things get delayed and everything. But I am going to go with something I actually mentioned on uh, last week's podcast when we did the draft. I picked the Marvels as my last pick of that draft. And I'm going to go with the Marvels. I'm going to say that the Marvels is going to be potentially one of the two to three most important movies Of the entire multiverse saga Mm. at this point. That is a Um, big. And and here's why. Here's why. Looking back at Captain Marvel. There was no way that it was really going to have that much of an impact on the MCU as a whole at that point. Because you're introducing a character so late into the game right before unquestionably the biggest mcu movie of all time the biggest mcu event of all time in endgame uh like matt was saying earlier uh brie larson filmed those back to back um endgame and then captain marvel um so like he said we really get a chance to see her sit with this character give an incredible performance as carol danvers and i think this i think this trio is going to be a hit i think um carol monica and kamala are going to be a really good team together. Once they work out the kinks and work out their powers and how to work together and everything, the emotions are going to run high in this movie uh, between Carol and Monica reuniting with each other. Kamala is obviously one of the most important young Avengers that we've got going right now. And she's one of the most important characters that we've got in the MCU as a whole. And the bangle, the bangle is going to be a key piece of this movie as we saw at the end of Miss Marvel, with her and Carol switching places, Camarl, or Carol is now on Earth in a teenager's room that she's never seen before, freaking the hell out. Um, and I, I think this sets up Carol to be one of the power players in the Avengers, like we've all known she's going to be for a while. Um, so I really, I really hope I'm right on this, but I'm going to say Miss Marvel or the Marvels is going to be one of the key movies. In the multiverse saga, top two or three.
2: It's an interesting pick because, like in the moment, we can only compare it to other movies that had come out. So, like if it's top three within that, your mm-hmm. your your take is safe. But if it falls below that, there's the there's the downside of it. David, your movie slash series take for your takes of future paths for twenty twenty
0: three. Yeah, well, mine is it may not be. I, I don't know. If, I don't know. I can't tell how warm and hot it is. But I'm gonna stick to it. I think Guardians three. After it comes out, like the weekend by the second weekend, it's going to be one of those most universally understood top tier MCU things similar to No Way Home, where it's like, which I would say is the only other since Endgame known thing where it is either in your top five or your top 10 MCU list. If you know, if you guys know what I mean, right, where it's yeah, like, yes, yeah. completely <laughs> agree. Every, everyone's going to have it super hot. Yeah.
2: Can I have can I clean it up for you just real quick? Sure. Guardians Volume Three will be a top ten MCU movie.
0: That yeah, sure, yeah. You know what I, I mean? Wrote, yeah. I wrote tier, so sure. t- if we yeah. want to go I ten, mean, yeah,
2: yeah, we can do tier. We can do tier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. let's, let's t- talk about like when we rank it. How do we quantify it?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, and we talk about this all the time, Matt. Where it's like because it's growing so fast, it's like the numbers almost aren't as like right. accurate as they used to be. They mean something different now. Um, mm-hmm. I I think this is if people rank this, in my opinion. Because I have Guardians one, then two, and now we'll see where three comes in. If Great. they think this is better than the first one, that's 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 what I'm that. Insane, maybe that take, right? <laughs> you know, maybe oh, that's, that's rough. Be it, you know, that's insane because that movie's so beloved. But I am so confident, and yeah. I just feel like James Gunn's playing with house money too. Like he just knows. <laughs> oh yeah, he knows what he's got with Guardians three is like amazing, and I just can't wait. Like I think it's going to be phenomenal, and I think. A part of the take that I want to make sure is clear. It's not me. It's not Matt. It's not Richard. Universally, no way like, home. oh, yeah. all, all of us. Everyone loves this. There's very, if
2: you have an alt take on this, you are in the vast minority. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that take a lot. Um, moving into my movie take as well. It's on the same lines. It's Guardians 3. Guardians 3 is going to make a billion dollars. Okay. Ooh. I think that the second movie made eight twenty or something. It's in the eights. And I think that all the things we talked about, James Gunn's last Marvel movie, the finality of this cast, the fact that everyone loves Guardians as much as they do. And they know all those things going in. I think that Guardians 3 will make one billion dollars at the box office. And um, I'm excited to coincide that with David's take as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Guardians 2 made 863.8 million
2: we're on track you know what i mean so so it's definitely a hot take that's a big jump from eight six to a billion but that's mm-hmm. why it's a hot take i think the high end for this movie is a billion and i think it could get there that is going to be my movie take nevin's coming back to you for your character take in the uh takes of future past
3: oh all right so we've got a bunch of great characters coming up in in phase phase five and this year specifically um God, I mean, this is this is really hard. Can it be one specific character, or could it potentially be a team? Because I got a, I got a team. Team works. Team works. I think this is the year where we actually get some tangible young Avengers stuff. Okay. Because they have been They have been teasing the Young Avengers All throughout Phase 4 I mean they started off as early as Cassie In oh, the original Ant-Man Although she's really getting her superhero glow up Let's say in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania We've got Billy and Tommy In um, in WandaVision Eli Bradley in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier Kid Loki and Loki Ironheart, Miss Marvel I think that it is Coming to the time Where the Young Avengers are going to be a a tangible you know feasible team in the MCU at some point maybe it's not in phase 5 or phase 6 where they first you know truly assemble for the first time but i think this could be the year where they're maybe first mentioned sure. or first brought up as a potential group i mean especially with cassie being the first one to lead off the year in man 3 so it's one i've really wanted for a while i want to see the young avengers team up at some point so that's where i'm going young avengers
2: I love it. It kind of blurs the line between character and MCU take right there as well, which is like which it. is interesting. Yeah. Uh, David, your character take for your takes of future past.
0: Yeah, mine is that. So we talked about Captain Marvel or you know, the Marvels and, and also Captain Marvel and Brie Larson. And we talked about, you know, how we'd rank our anticipation levels. And I said mine was Miss Marvel number one. However, my take is that once the Marvels comes out, a switch is going to flip on our perception of Brie Larson and the character. And there's going to be what I wrote down a Captain Marvel slash Brie Larson renaissance where it's like, oh, she's actually excellent in this role. <laughs> and we love her. And that's a, it's a completely subjective thing. Like, I'm not saying this is going to be, like I said, with my first like universally <laughs> with Guardians. But I think like maybe generally, right, it's going to be like, oh, she actually kills this role. Like there is going For the to most be- part. A, yeah, like there is going to be a kind of turn in her perception because I think right now it's mostly negative. Right. And I think this movie is going to do a lot in changing the perception of how much we care about Captain Marvel and Brie Larson specifically in the role. Brie Larson's a great actress. You know, watch her in anything, she is charismatic and great. And I do truly believe they're going to find a secret sauce, special kind of like connection with this movie where she doesn't have to do too much, not the origin movie kind of BS you have to kind of trot through in a, in a first movie and just let her work and be a charismatic Captain Marvel that will excite and invigorate people into what's going to be her le- being a leader of say the, the avengers right especially in a space um variety so in general i think it's going to be like a brie larson renaissance as captain marvel was like oh she's great you know like we view her now as not like a weak link but like a, a strength like we do with anthony mackie as captain america now and with Simu Liu as um shang chi and obviously like tom holland spider-man that's kind of unfair but yeah and go so on <laughs>
2: No, yeah, no, I love it and uh it's kind of a Thor glow up maybe. Yeah. For Captain Marvel, a Thor-like glow up. Yes, I love uh, that. I dig it. Uh my character prediction also with the Marvels, I'm following right in line with David here. Um <laughs> I'm confident that Amelia Clark's Abigail Brand, who is debuting in Secret Wars, will be in the Marvels. I think Amelia Clark shows like up that. in the Marvels. Sword I like it. is obviously going to be a big part of the Marvels, and it's going to be a piece. Nick Fury has been there. Uh, Monica Rambeau works for sword and Abigail brand is sword in the comics. She is the Nick Fury of space in the Marvel comics. So my prediction will be Amelia Clark day uh, appears in the marvels. And I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to own that one. You know what I mean? When I that it. happens, I'm going to cheer. Right. I'm going to be very excited. Um, Nevins, we move on to your overall MCU take. Now, this could be miscellaneous. It could be another movie take. It could be another character take. Or it could just be a universe thing, what the franchise does, either behind the scenes, on the screen, whatever it might be. What is your MCU overall take for your takes of Future Past? All right. I think it, this one took me
3: a lot to think about. but. Looking at this next year, for movies in general, like we did on our draft, this is an incredible year for movies. Like This could arguably be one of the best years for movies in all of our lifetimes in 2023. So I'm going to go with kind of a really broad MCU take. I'm not sure how this is going to play out. I think this could potentially be the best year overall for Marvel probably since maybe the the late infinity saga like late like 2017 18 19 that kind of thing because it, here's why i'm thinking that we don't have quite the volume that we had in 2021 there's six projects confirmed you know we don't know if agatha we, probably agatha going to get delayed and maybe another thing or two is going to get delayed also but i think overall the quality of content that we're getting this year we've got three really exciting um, TV shows coming out. Secret Invasion, Loki Season 2, and Ironheart. Um, we're waiting on Echo, and that could potentially be a good one, too, um, Given uh, hopefully given everything that's going on behind the scenes. And the movies all look to be, you know, at least in the middle of the pack or top tier MCU sure. movies in A-Man 3, Guardians 3, and the Marvels. So I think this could arguably be Marvel's best year in a good, while. Well, probably the best year since the comeback in 2021. So that's where I'm going to go. I really hope I'm right with it.
2: Yeah. So the way I wrote it down is the best multiverse saga year so far. Yeah, you know, I'm good like for that. 21, 2022, 2023, oh, oh, all of those. You got to fight no way home on that. And that's that's my only thing. <laughs> uh, I 20- Completely agree. Let's give you a tall one slapped <laughs> um, Very <laughs> exciting stuff. I like that take, though. That that's that's your spiciest one. I think I think that's your spiciest take. And I'm very excited for it. Uh, mm-hmm. David, your MCU overall take for takes of future press.
0: Yeah, surprise, surprise. Head into the box office here. Um, Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> so mine actually is. So I enjoy this one because it goes up against Matt's first take with Guardians. Um, so my prediction is that no MCU movie will make more than $900 million globally. So there will not be in a billion dollar Marvel movie. Um, I wrote this article for the direct.com in December about, I basically just like ranked the top 2023 movies based on what, what I saw as box office um, projections. Potential. Yeah. Potential. Thank you, Richard. Um, and I had guardians at 900 flat. I had it at 900 million period. So my take is it's either going to be there. Like that's the ceiling essentially. So Marvel's ant-man guardians none of them will really go over 900 million dollars and it, they'll all, still all be some great successes right but that will just be i think maybe i guess not the narrative but they won't be and that's also goes with like bigger box office projections for me i don't think there's going to be that many billion dollar mm-hmm. movies just but but still a lot of great hits but that billion dollar thing we're not i don't think we're going to see a ton of it this upcoming year but we will have a lot of hits and i do not think an MCU movie will be a billion dollar movie this upcoming year.
2: I just hope this doesn't turn you into rooting against MCU movies. You know no. what I mean? Like, like, like in favor of your take. It's, <laughs> I'm not, I, I mean, I'm only going to see it
0: once because of my take. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I messed up. Don't go see this guy. It guys. would be messed up. Mr. Wait. Movie wait for disney plus no i hey oh, God. just because it's a prediction doesn't mean not, <laughs> just doesn't mean i'm like rooting for it to do well sure, i totally sure, am sure. i hope i hope i'm wrong about this i just generally think it's going to happen and i do think based on like even with you that. saying that matt like i do think guardians is the one people might think it's going to make a billion mm-hmm. but it kind of it kind of just won't <laughs> you know like yeah. i think it will just maybe and, and that's just it, it'll be what it'll be but maybe it also will like, who, yeah. who knows
2: it's our well, first negative take on the list. You know what I mean? It's our first it's our first like friction take, which I think is good. I think it's good to have that. It's good to have that mix. I'm going to close out the takes of future past with my MCU overall. I think that we will see at least one if not a handful of previously announced Disney Plus series being converted to special presentations. I think special presentations owned Disney Plus in 2022. Um I think that Werewolf and Guardians Holiday Special are above um, what we got on Disney Plus, for me, Miss Marvel is the only one I have ranked in there with those two special presentations, so I'm excited to um, hopefully see Marvel Studios lean into that. That's kind of the Bob Iger effect, right? Less Disney Plus series, more one-off special presentations, because they've shown not only do they work, but they work in multiple ways. They work introducing characters, and they work being a chapter in current characters um, you know, story, which I really dig, so... Uh, we will get at least one Disney Plus series be converted to a special presentation. That's probably my warmest take, but I'm, I'm pretty passionate about it. I'm pretty excited about it as well. Ladies and gentlemen, our takes of future pasts have been planted. They are chiseled in stone, and we will own these throughout the years. Keep us accountable. Let us know what we got right, what we got wrong. Nevins, you think the Marvels will be a top three most important multiverse saga movie? You think that the Young Avengers will debut in some way, shape, or form? And you think that this will be the best year of the multiverse saga so far david you think guardians 3 will be a universally top tier mcu movie whatever that means we'll find out kind of when we get to the ranking right uh you think that captain marvel becomes a top tier mcu character it gets that thor glow up that we saw in ragnarok and then you also think that no mcu movie will make over 900 million dollars i think that guardians will make 1 billion dollars so me and david fighting it out on that one very excited i think a Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to go see it 800 times you know what I'm saying (laughs) Um, Amelia Clark will appear in the Marvels and I think that we will get at least one if not more series being converted into special presentations this has been the state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe thank you all for rocking with us this is the direct podcast season 2 episode 2 Nevins thank you so much again for joining us on your second week in a row David I cannot wait for next week for our state of the Star Wars Mm. uh, segment. It's going to be very exciting to see what happens in the galaxy far, far away. But until next time, we'll see you then.